It's great to be here, as Anna said at the beginning, what a, what a beautiful week with the sun shining. It's uh, been a, a, a lovely week. Now, many of you know that I have four children, and uh, all of them know their own minds very well. And, uh, you know, when it comes to doing things together, if I dare make the mistake, and it is a mistake, of asking them, what do people want to do today, then between the six of us, I get at least seven opinions. I don't quite know how, but uh, it always happens. However, when the sun is shining and it is hot, even though they're all quite independent, we're all of one heart and mind that we want to get down to the beach and get in the sea. That's what we like to do as the Fry family, when it's hot and when it's sunny. Now, people are all different. People have different likes and dislikes. People have different abilities and capabilities. Introverts, extroverts, pessimists, optimists, uh, practically-minded people, academically-minded people. We're all different, God, and it's great to celebrate that variety uh, of difference amongst us that God actually intended to be there uh, amongst us. These differences impact what we do and what we don't do, what we like to do and what we don't like to do. But when it comes to the things of God, when it comes to wanting to please him, then an expression of the grace of God at work amongst us as a spirit-filled community of believers is that we are of one heart and mind to fulfill all that God has for us as a local church. That all-consuming love for God uh, works out in a love for his people and for wanting for us to come together for the glory and the fame of Jesus and of his name. You know, we may not naturally uh, be uh, in the same room as one another, and we may not naturally get on with one another. That's fine. But because of Jesus, we can. You think of Jesus' disciples. He had Simon the Zealot and Matthew the tax collector. And the only reason that Simon the Zealot didn't kill Matthew the tax collector, the reason why we've got Matthew's gospel, is because of Jesus. Because of him. They could be in the same room together. They could be together for three years and seemingly get along. I wonder if Jesus sent them out two by two just to you know, see how they, they did. We don't, we don't know. Scripture doesn't tell us. But, uh, but they were on the same mission together because of Jesus. And so should we to the glory of God. So if you've got your Bibles, if you want to turn to Acts chapter 4, Verse 32 to 35, it'll appear on the screen behind me in a minute. But just to give you the context before I uh, read the passage to you, the apostles had been threatened by the authorities not to speak the name of Jesus. The church then gathered together to pray. They were filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. Remember that. They were filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. They continued to speak the word of God with boldness. And then we come to this passage, which is a description of life uh, within that early church. It says this. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. 
And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to each as any had need. After this passage, you then get the positive story of Barnabas as an example. And then you get the negative example of Ananias and Sapphira, who decide to to lie to Peter and the church there to make themselves appear more generous than they actually were. You see, what they were doing in one sense was really generous and would have been celebrated by the church had they not decided to be dishonest and lie about it. They were more concerned with what people thought than what God knew. My friends, don't let that be true of you. Be more concerned about what God knows about you than what people think of you. So Peter rightly obviously highlights this uh, and, uh, um, to the church and to us through the passage as it's recorded and makes it clear that we need to be more concerned about God than people and also definitely don't lie to the Holy Spirit. Otherwise you may be in trouble as the passage shows. So there's hostility, fresh filling with the Spirit. There's Luke's account of what the Spirit-filled community life was like, and then there's a positive example, and then uh, Acts chapter 5 makes it clear that actually it wasn't perfect, though. There was still uh, sin and challenges from within and also from without, if you were to read on in Acts chapter 5. So that's the context, and don't be surprised in your life as you press into God that uh, when things from within the church, maybe, or from without come your way, that are challenges that you have to face. Don't be surprised. I think, God, what are you doing? I'm living for you. Actually, it happened here too in the church of Jerusalem. You keep going with what God has called you to do. Amen? Amen. So let's look at the passage in a bit more detail, shall we, and see what we can learn from that about belonging and being part of the church of Jesus Christ today. So it says, Now the full number... Of those who believed were of one heart and soul. Do you know, this is an incredible display of God's grace upon them. Even uh, Luke records that in verse 33, the next, the next verse. Well, you need to realize, you see, that the full number of them had grown from the 120 in the upper room to an extra 3,000 on the day of Pentecost. And then by this time, it was about 10,000 people we're talking about being the full number of believers. You can see that in Acts 4, verse 4. If you're passionate about God, my friends, and his church, get comfortable with growth. We need to get comfortable with growth. The kingdom of God multiplies. It's supposed to multiply. Hence, we're supposed to invite people on Alpha and see them saved. It's not due to stay a size that you and I are happy with, oh, because we know everyone and all those sorts of things. It suits our preferences. What God wants trumps 
our preferences. What God intends is what we should desire. And his spirit wants us to see people saved. He wants his kingdom to grow amongst us. I don't know if you remember, those of you that were here, that last September I challenged us to pray and to try and see one person saved over the next year. We're now back in September, a year later. And if we had all done that, then our numbers as a church would have been in the 500s. And I mathematically showed then, and back in January actually reminded us about this, that actually if that trajectory continued for 25 years just with us here, then the Great Commission would be fulfilled by now. How have you done with that over the last year? For myself, whilst I may have seen some people respond here through my, my preaching and activities that we do here, none of those, in a way, were ones that I feel you know, responsible for. Not that it's all the Lord anyway, isn't it? But, you know, in that sense. And I'm not, you know, uh, feeling false guilt over that as a person, but I am challenged by that. That actually, I haven't done that this year. I don't want it to be the same over the next year. I want God to use me to see someone saved. And the same should be true for you as well. The kingdom of God is a growing kingdom. Of the increase of his government and peace, we read each Christmas time, there will be no end. Secondly, you can see from this verse, even as we grow through the power of the Spirit and by the grace of God, we can have unity of heart and soul. Marshall, uh, commenting on this passage, says, despite the size it had a common mind and purpose. 10,000 people with a common mind and purpose. The two words used there in the Greek for heart and soul, the NIV translates it as heart and mind. Basically, it's focusing in on your inner self, your thoughts, your desires, your passions, who you are as a person. It's the desire of the heart and the decision of the will to be looking out for one another, looking after one another and seeing the Great Commission fulfilled through us as a church. That's what the Spirit is wanting to do with you and wanting to do with me. That's what Jesus prays, in fact, for his church in John 17, just before he went to the cross. He prays that we would be one together, just as he and the Father are one together. Hallelujah. That's Jesus' prayer for us. That should be our desire too as we work and as we keep in step with the Holy Spirit. So I say, we're all different. We all have different uh, abilities and desires and that sort of thing. But when it comes to the things of God, we come together as one. Thirdly, the inward work of the Spirit works out in very practical ways amongst the people here. Calvin writes, love was expressed in outward practice. The inner unity of the spirit came first and the fruit followed. What was the fruit? The fruit was as we read on the passage. No one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, that they had everything in common. And with great power, 
The apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands and houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. Great generosity occurred amongst them. And notice it's not saying that people didn't own things. People did own things. But people generously shared what they owned with one another for the common good. And the apostles were freed up to speak the word and to preach the gospel as they were called to do. Now, I talked last week about our regular giving. Uh, Guys, God doesn't want anything to hinder us as a church to boldly proclaim the gospel from amongst us. His spirit is wanting to work through you and me in this area of regular giving in order to enable us to do all that he has called us to. But clearly from this passage, there were also uh, uh, exceptional giving from time to time that happened amongst them. And uh, there's no implication here that that was by force. That was freely out of the overflow of the grace of God that was working amongst them. They wanted to contribute to the needs of the growing church uh, as per the apostles' direction. Again, this is the outworking of a heart attitude of wanting to invest in whatever God has given to us in the first place into his kingdom for his glory. One opportunity towards this is, is our gift days that we have each year towards the ongoing work uh, that God is calling us to here so that we can continue to grow. And just to say on the gift day, just to give you advance uh, notice on that for the work that in particular that we're looking to uh, do up there alongside other future ministries, is we've had some revised estimates if you like, and what we were uh, uh, hoping and what once cost uh, roughly about 200,000 now costs sadly 300,000. And uh, there's nothing ornate up there, there's nothing uh, grand, it's just necessary mechanics and uh, um, practical work to get the most out of the space up, up there. So, what we're planning to do so we can continue uh, uh, with that um, is uh, split. Uh, the work slightly so we can focus on getting the air handling unit in first which we have to to do um, and then look to get the the, the rest over the time or get funding for uh, what we do hopefully as well pray get some uh, grant funding but to bring if you like the gift day in line with when we'll get the tenders back and uh, uh, that sort of thing so we can come with an exact (laughs) figure to you guys we're actually going to look to put the gift day at the end of March rather than the end of April. Anyway, that's just for your uh, information. As I say, we like to like, make you well aware so you can pray about it in your own time with your own uh, family and without any pressure from us because it's an overflow of the grace of God. But the grace of God, my friends, radically changes our attitude towards the things of this world. It's what the passage makes it clear to us, causing us to view the things of this world so secondary to what God is doing amongst his church in extending his kingdom. And actually, as we read this passage, we readily can miss how significant this passage was to the church in Jerusalem that was made up 
of mainly Jews, well, made up pretty much exclusively of Jews at this time, Israelites willingly selling their God-given stake in the promised land in order to invest in the new covenant promise of his church of extending the kingdom to the ends of the world. They were giving up their share, if you like, in the earthly Jerusalem, where the physical temple once stood, which was only ever a shadow of what was to come, to invest in the church of Jesus Christ that belongs to the heavenly Jerusalem, Galatians 4, and is itself the living temple of God, Ephesians 2. It wasn't just a physical thing, a material thing for them is what I'm trying to say. These guys, as they were giving to God, it was, they were giving, if you like, what was part of theirs and the world's history in God. They were giving, giving that over and, uh, uh, to, to God in order to invest in what God was doing now through his church and building the new covenant community. My friends, what an example to us to let nothing in this world hinder us pressing into all that God has for us now and particularly in the age to come. Let's not let nationalistic pride, as they easily could have done, or sentimentalism, as they easily could have done, or previous reputation or importance, or even what God has blessed you with in the past, as he had for them. Let's not let that stop us pressing into all that God has for us now and in the future as well. Some things are just for a season, and then they cease to be a blessing and can easily become a dead weight, stopping you pressing to all that God has for you. When a uh, when Anna and I were, uh, Anna was pregnant uh, with Elizabeth. I wasn't pregnant with Elizabeth, although I had a part to play. But uh, uh, um, uh, God provided us with a miracle house. It was a real uh, blessing. Um, we got it so much cheaper than we should have done. It was trash, cosmetically uh, speaking, uh, much like the one we uh, got here as well, as many as you know, because you helped us when we uh, moved in. But it was, it was trashed. Um, cosmetically speaking, but we, uh, we worked on it, we uh, uh, spent a lot of hard work and got it up together. It was such a gift for us for that season. But nine months later, I felt in a meeting, God speak to me about going to be part of a church in Southampton. We were in Bournemouth at the time then. And I just thought, oh my goodness, Lord, how can I tell Anna, Elizabeth's only four months old now, and we've just finished doing up this place with a lot of hard work, in particular a lot of Anna's hard work uh, as well. She, she did quite a lot of it. But God had already been working on Anna that very evening, in fact, that God spoke to me. And she had been praising God and thanking God for the, the house and how nice it was and how blessed uh, uh, she felt. And then you know, said, but Lord, I won't let this house stop me from doing your will. If you want to move us on from here, you can. I think it was more you know, just a, a general prayer, uh, uh, potentially, uh, at that stage. But then I came back and, and shared the news. And it helped us propel us into the next 
mission field. But when we sold that house and we were able to get one in Southampton, what, so what was given to us as a blessing for a season so easily could have been a dead weight stopping us moving forward into what God had for us in that next season. Maybe it's the same for you. It might not be a house, but it might be, it might be a job, it might be a ministry that was right for a season. But as God opens up new things amongst us that we're pressing into as a church, he may be calling you to let go of what was a blessing and right for that time to press into what God has for you now in this season. For what's abundantly clear in this passage is that through the grace of God and by the power of the Spirit, Jesus is calling us to be totally committed to him and his people, that we love and look after one another, and that we enable the gospel message to shine through us as a church together. This is not enforced, but it's the fruit of what the Spirit is already doing in our heart and in our life. And as I'm saying this, I know some of you may actually be struggling today, particularly with what I'm saying as well, because life's been tough, because people have let you down because of uh, emotional or mental or physical issues that you're having to face at the moment. And you're thinking, there's nothing in me, Si, to give. I've got nothing of myself that I can do. I hear what you're saying, but you don't understand where I'm at, my friends. Remember what happened just prior to the passage. It's why I highlighted it to you today. They were filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. You don't have it in yourself. You're never supposed to. But the Holy Spirit wants to fill you afresh this morning. He wants to wrap his arms of love around you. He wants to restore your soul. He leads you by still waters, you know. Remember that that passage in in the Psalms? He wants to restore your soul. He wants to give you fresh faith this morning to love and to serve him as you are filled afresh with his love. Some of you may be stuck because you're listening to the world's wisdom in your situation. And the world's wisdom, sadly, often seems to be centered around you. It's all about you, 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 your needs, your, your wants. And you're wondering, why, why am I struggling to find joy in my life again? Well, remember that old song? Joy is spelt Jesus, others, you. I wouldn't recommend you uh, Google the song because it's a little bit cheesy, but it's, it's on there on, the, on YouTube if you want to listen to it. But actually, there's a truth in that. And while Scripture is very clear about self-care, it's very clear about rest and refreshing. Jesus, you can see it as you read the Gospels. You can see he often withdrew to the wilderness with his disciples for them to rest and be refreshed in God. God doesn't want you to burn out. That's not his plan. But fullness of joy is found as you seek to please Jesus first, his church, and the others that he is calling you to. You can't, you can't serve everyone, but the others that he is calling you to, second. And then building in time of refreshing and rest 
in God next for yourself in order that you can be released to do more of the first two. And then you sort of go round in that cycle. And my friends, then your joy and your fruitfulness in God will abound. Through the grace of God and by the power of his spirit, Jesus is calling us to be totally committed to him and his people, loving and looking after one another whilst enabling the gospel to be boldly proclaimed through his church, between, uh, by us, his, his church here, by you in the room. It's not just for the person next to you, it's for you this morning. Can I invite you to stand? Can I invite the, the band to come back up here? going to pray for a fresh filling of the, the Holy Spirit upon us uh, before we sing uh, this song of response to God. But can I encourage those of you that are struggling this morning and that you need a fresh encounter with God, you want him to fill you afresh, to wrap his arms of love around you, don't let pride stop you. We've all been in, 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 that, in that place. Please come down to the front over here and there'll be people to gather around you and, and pray for you and pray God will fill you afresh. If you're here this morning and as I've been speaking, you thought, actually, I've just, I've just lost the joy of my salvation. I've just lost that. And you want a fresh touch from the Spirit. Again, come forward. We'd love to pray for you as uh, uh, that God meets you. If you're here and, you're th- and you, you realize, actually, my thinking has very much become about me, not God and his his church, again, would love to pray for you. And as it said in the passage about the disciples, um, how um, with great power they were witnessing, we believe God is a God of healing. He wants to heal people here today. And if you want healing as well, as we, as we sing this song, can I encourage you, if any of those things speak to you, please come forward down here. There'll be people to pray with you and to, and to meet with you uh, this morning. And if you're here and you don't know Jesus, and you're thinking, I want to find out more about this Jesus, then please come and speak to me afterwards. I'd love to talk to you. I'd love to pray with you as well. But let's just pray, and then let's sing this song. It's a song of response, a song of surrender to God, a song of saying, God, I'm in. I want to be totally committed to you and your people and all that you call me to do. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're here. Thank you that you are at work amongst us, Lord. Thank you that you, Lord, although you're all-powerful, you're also gentle. And you meet us where we are, Lord. You lovingly lead us. Lord, you restore our soul. You equip us. You heal us. And then you send us out to use us. And uh, for your glory and your fame, we have the joy of being, of co-laboring with you. And Lord, I just pray for each person here and I pray for myself, Lord. Father, fill us afresh with your spirit. Equip us, anoint us for what you've got for us, Lord God. Do that deep work in our heart. You're the heart surgeon, Lord. Come and do that deep work in our soul, Lord God. Help us to be united for you. Help us to be focused on you. Help us to be passionate about your glory and your fame, Lord God. Help us to be zealous about telling people about you and their need for you. Lord God, be upon us, I pray. 
Or even now, Lord God, be dropping names into people's minds of who they can invite to come to Alpha, Lord God, who they can invite to share the good news of you. Lord, thank you. You want to use us, Lord God, for your glory and your fame. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray, come and fill us afresh, Lord. Come and meet with us. Come and have your way amongst us. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.